Welcome, 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 welcome to a very special episode of Baby Babe, the podcast by Chanel Creating. I'm your host, Chanel Creating, and I have a really cool special guest host today. Her name is Ray Sani. She's a comedian and podcaster. Her show, The Cast with Ray and Jacquees, is available everywhere podcasts are found and heard everywhere you're listening to this. And you can follow her at Ray, R-A-E, Sani, S-A-N-N-I. And I'm so excited excited to have you because like basically if you're on a podcast that means that it is really like getting into the depths of like, <laughs> pop culture and like like you're the indicator so I'm so excited to have you on oh wow thank you that's so nice to say uh yeah I'm obsessed with other people's business yeah. um and so this is a way to like get to talk about other people's business without getting in trouble with your friends or being a gossip, you know. That's a good point. That's why it's like people have friends who watch these shows and you like build a whole like friend group yeah. over it because it's like we need to speak the same language. Like I need you yes. to know what I'm talking about or else I'm going to resort yeah. to real life gossip, you know. So yes. Yeah, it's hard if you to have friends who don't really, really respect this, but oh well. So um yeah. <laughs> They're like we're gonna you ask have friends in twenty twenty one who are like hating on reality T V. Not so much that, just I can't convince them to watch shows. Okay, so, got it, got it, got it. Yeah. It's like there's That's still interesting to me, though, because I maybe it's just that everybody I know watches reality television, including my parents. But, like, I can't conceive of why in 2021 you can't have found a reality show that suits you still because there's so so much of it now. And it's, like, so casually a part of the television system. It seems weird that there would still be holdouts because, like, reality TV is, like, 30 years old, you know? That's, That's interesting. That's right. Well, and think about, though, like, how easy it is to access reality TV now. Yeah. So, like, I have, I have a friend in, in mind who she, like, just watched The One on Netflix now. I have no context yet of what that show is. Yeah, what is that? It's like a dating show, but it's oh, like... Oh, I don't do the dating shows. Right, except for but, this one, obviously. But on the flip side, like, I can't... Like, I can't reference Vanderpump. You know what I mean? She, oh, she's not caught can't. up. But, okay. like, so it's like, but with that friend, like, she watches reality, but she watches ones you can just open up and watch in 10 episodes and be done with, you know? Oh, so, okay. You know she doesn't, saying? like, live in the history yeah. of the yeah. characters and things like that. Okay. Yeah, uh, I feel like it's it's like like you know reality television feels a little bit like literature the way that <laughs> feels like literature you know where it's just like oh I've seen you grow up this is like a coming of age for you like the hills is a coming of age novel for you know LC or whatever and so like it's so surprising that people don't but I'm glad you like it I'm glad you podcasting about it you know um, and yeah. you're so right about like needing the same language like I have so many friend groups where we come together and we watch Housewives and that's all we talk about and it's weirdly intimate because it's like you learn so much about someone's psychology by how they respond to somebody else or like what they're attracted to in characters you know so it's like, I've been thinking a lot, you know, about myself, even because of New York, because I'm like, what is so attractive to me about women who are villains on TV? Why do I like that so much? You know, and 
which one of my friends agree with me about this brilliant villain or which one of my friends refuses right. to see the complexity in this person? Are they judgmental in other places kind of thing, you know? It's yeah. like if a friend doesn't see what you see, the clock starts ticking on that friendship. Yes. Because like, <laughs> if you feel this way about New York, how do you feel about me? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, exactly. <laughs> um, but, you know, I like a, a spirited debate because it's like, yeah, it's like, I remember the first season of Flavor of Love not liking New York probably until like the episode, before, mm-hmm. like when they go away, you know, and then I started to understand the majesty of what she was capable of, you know what I mean? But it's like, would I judge me back then now? Like, what's wrong with you? You don't get that she's amazing. Do you just like black women? Are you harsh mm-hmm. to black women? You know, things like that. You have to ask the hard questions. I think for me, I don't remember my reactions when I was younger because I definitely watched this like live. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but when I look back at it now, it's like, I don't even, I don't even define villainy the same way because it's like in a dating show, I think I've adapted, like uh, adopted the idea of like, you're there for the man. So, right. York is the number one in the house for Flav. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. whether you think it's fake or not, like, that's actually what she's doing. So, I've, like, just been standing her day after day on this show because <laughs> I, like, I can't, because I know I wouldn't have been able to come with that level of, like, sex appeal. Like, I truly would have flopped. You know what I mean? So, I think <laughs> so awkward, too. <laughs> yes, imagine. Oh, but you know what? Maybe that's why I liked Hoops back then because, like, Hoops has tomboy energy and like I'm not like super tomboy but like I've always been like not very sexy not like a little awkward not shy as a person but shyer with men you know what I mean so like Maybe that's what I was attracted to about hoops. You know, and and then speaking on how shows like tell you something about yourself, this rewatch for me has like triggered me because I'm like, oh, of course, hoops. Thanks. Everyone wants her and everyone wants to be with her. You know, like it just, whatever you're going through in that moment, it just kind of like brings it back up. So um, I (laughs) love this show. Um, Yeah, it's been wonderful. Okay, so let, let, so we're talking this episode about the reunion episode. So um, after the loving is what it's called. And I literally, for anyone listening or watching, I skipped episode nine, which is like the recap, um, because I will tell you, like watching Flav in a row like this was a it started to upset me. Like it started to get to me a little bit the way he talks. The fact that, like, the way he rhymes but doesn't rhyme, like, his <laughs> I would start to, I start to resent him over time. Um, and so, like, I just was like, okay, delete scenes, I'm gonna skip, but I'm really, I'm back into it for this. Um, and it was hosted by Lala, which is, which is a great, a great, um, she's an, an amazing VJ, like, host. Yeah, she's great. But it's also, I'm also just like, why her? Like, at the time, this, she was the brand of this trashy ass show. No, but she was probably the only popular black person Viacom had that would talk about this show, right? Like, wasn't there a time where, like, even, like, was it Charlemagne the God and, like, DJ Envy and, like, Amanda Seals were the only people on MTV <laughs> talking about hip-hop, you know what I'm saying? And so I'm wondering if it's, like, a something like that where it's just, like, okay, yeah. let's just bring the Black people over from MTV to, to talk about 
it has to be, but you know what? I just th- I just thought of the most crazy crossover and potentially in imagination, but I don't know if you grew up with 106 in part. Yeah, of course. Okay, okay, great. Because I feel like it's a thing. Like you have to have had that in your life. And so, can you imagine like <laughs> freaking AJ hosting the reunion and what? Oh my gosh! Would have went crazy. Man, free. Now that you say that, like free makes sense. Yes, because yes. she would have went home with Lay probably. Like free. Was it. free was it. <laughs> I kind of like um, Lala's uh, low-key kind of classing it up. I don't like, to, I don't want to say it like to make it sound like these women are trash, but like Lala like brought a stabilizing element to me, I think. Like she made me go, no, 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 this is not how anything is supposed to go. <laughs> like she's funny. But then she also has like a Wendy Williams kind of esque thing going on where she's just like, listen, they just gave me the paper now. You know, like, <laughs> I do you fancy. What you're saying is so accurate. I think that's why it resonated with me because I wanted somebody who's going to be like, I bet you won't hit her. I bet you won't do it. Like, I want to instigate it. <laughs> but no, but Lala, she did great. Please don't. Um, You know, obviously, you know, she's probably weird seeing pre Kardashian Lala though, isn't that crazy? Like the Lala today has such a a um, flattened like influencer minded brand. You know what I'm saying? Like Lala today is like here's a very curated picture with Ciara, and here's another very curated picture with Vanessa Bryant, and here's the one with Kelly Rowland. Like she's very image conscious in a way that it was refreshing to remember Lala before she was. PR all the time. Yeah, yeah. She don't like cute jeans. You know what I mean? It was like she sounded herself. And her bang wasn't like perfect and like yes. you know I mean? no. she's wearing Beyonce from two thousand three fashions. You know what I mean? Like it was like it was, so it was Yeah, it was <laughs> it's it's uh it was nice to see Lala be a person again. That's true. Yeah, I think yeah. Okay, sorry, because I could get into Lala side notes <laughs> about like and Carmelo and everything. But yeah, so yeah. Lala, I was, I was I'm a Knicks fan, so my first note on the page is the crowd is all white. This is the first problem. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't notice that. Good on you for spotting it. I just I did this <laughs> I did become hyper conscious of race though when all of the women came out. I was like, oh, wait. Mm-hmm. Okay. I understand why some of the dynamics were what they were because I haven't watched the first season in a long time. But, you know, things like Red Oyster versus like Rain and stuff. So I was like, oh, okay. There are racial things also happening here. Yeah, I mean, not to forget, like, I think even there were little tones of it all throughout, like in the first couple episodes, one of the girls was like, I thought the producers like planted these words in her mouth, but she was Mm -hmm. like, some of the girls would be ghetto. And it was just like, you go back to the iconic pumpkin versus New York fight, which is literally light versus darkness. You know what I mean? It was was the ultimate racism square off and so i mean uh, it was it was and and it god forgive me for no pumpkin also looks like an old white woman you know what i mean she like she was young but she was old in the face god forgive me that's not nice but like so so it was like it was like seeing her 
yell at New York or like spit on New York felt like history was part of that. <laughs> and, and, you know, and then for her to be calling New York a man is transphobic to me in a specific kind of way. Like, you know, because like black women in particular Absolutely. get hit with that. And so I was like, yeah, you definitely could not get away with none of this shit today at all. I've called um, on this show. I've called Pumpkin Pensatucky because she really gives me that vibe. Of, like, <laughs> that's where she's really from. <laughs> I would be so sad if I reminded anybody of Pensatucky. <laughs> but that's her vibe. I'm like, ew, like go back to the. I- I've said some problematic stuff about her on this show. I feel like that was balancing the scales out. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're right. Like seeing them again was almost upsetting to the equilibrium because like oh this is a show oh shit like these are women who got casted like hey like let's let's reset for this environment and i just want you i don't know if you noticed this but lala in introducing it calls flave the seventh wonder of the hip-hop world and i was like uh, okay <laughs> oh this whole episode was them overhyping flave so much and yeah. like there's a moment toward the middle of the reunion we'll talk about it i'm sure where i'm or no toward the end of the reunion and i'm just like does flay think this is real like does flay yes. think that <laughs> this is his mansion and like his house like does flay they have him on a throne and he's like talking to the women like he like he really thought he was finding his girlfriend on the show you know and i was like after all but speaking of that, like speaking of Flav's whole, whole countenance, Flav has worn some wild bedazzled outfits the whole season. And he comes out in an outfit for like a seventh grader's graduation. Like he looked so tame. He had a striped shirt. Where's oh, yeah. The yeah. Where's, the, where's the cape? I'm just Flav, like, the suit. Yeah, and the glasses. I'm like, Flav, he had his face very neat and, and pulled back. Yeah. I guess maybe that's Flav dressed up, dressed like a normal person. Oh, yes. Yeah. Like, I gotta leave house. I don't know how people react if I leave and I'm not in control of this environment. I don't know. But I was a little bit like overwhelmed by that. He, um, this is a small detail, but this really bothered me. He had full length daisies that he threw into the crowd. Like, it was just the most, like, it's like, it's like take something normal and then just make it slightly just wrong and that's mm-hmm. flayed. Right? So he's yes. throwing out full length daisies into the crowd. Yeah, everything about this show is just bootleg. It's the bootleg something else you know mm-hmm. it's like something slightly like you said something slightly off and this is just like the bootleg the bachelor you know and here's a bootleg rapper and mm-hmm. then it's like here's a bootleg reunion set here's a bootleg cast you know mm-hmm. he gets on his throne and sh- and um you know lala's like let's shout out big rick and flay just goes big rick like that's it like that's <laughs> <laughs> And he gets to the throne, girl. His legs were swinging. Yo, out here like four legs. Listen, terrible. <laughs> like whatever. Who is it? Who is the nice son on Game of Thrones, looking like the baby when he <laughs> stop? And then you know how I said earlier how Flav gets on my nerves. This is what I mean. So instead of just being like, "Oh, Big Rick, I appreciate him," he goes, "I ain't gonna lie. As all the boats be in the dock, Big Rick be holding my clocks." Oh dear! Like stop! It's so upsetting at this point. Like stop, court. Have you ever rewatched like The Surreal Life or anything like that? In addition to, no, I don't think uh, I. Do. I think I'm able to. No, you probably would have. I 
don't even know if they're available. I'm sure that shit is probably very toxic, very problematic. But it's like very clear to me that all these white executives maybe were like, yeah, slave, this is great. More of that when he was on the surreal life. But that's because he was like probably the only dark skinned black person in a room full of white people. Right. So like it made him a standout in the early 2000s on an all white show when VH1 used to have a white audience. And so like, He's probably performing that version of himself for a show with a black audience and black cast members. It feels very weird and out of place because it it feels so unnatural up against black people. Like, right. what is he performing? Right, because we don't talk like that. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's exactly. not like that's like even your uncle doesn't really talk like that. Like maybe, but if he did that every time, you'd be like, Uncle, stop! You're, you, we invite you to the cookout. You don't have to do anything. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, so I think that's what it is. It's like, play, like you're right. It is performing, and it feel it doesn't feel um like like I think I I I I have a theory over over this whole season that Flav like is battling major insecurities still, mm-hmm. and I, just, I think that's the whole thing of wearing a shirt that's too big, or you know, like not wearing clothes that mm-hmm. you're not, uh, and or even just how he asks women if they're really here for him. Like everyone acts that, but the way Flav acts it is like as if they couldn't possibly. And I'm like. Flav, you have money. You know women like you, period. But Flav is um, in general, I think not ugly. I've re- I've come fully around on that. Flav is like a perfectly normal looking black man. But I feel like he mm-hmm. performs as if he's just, he wasn't told he was that. So, well, I, I mean, can you imagine him born where he was born in the time he was born being told he's beautiful? Absolutely not. I don't, I can't believe that that would have happened. And, no, you know, right. and even if you think about his place in Public Enemy, I'm sure it sucks to be known as the hype man to the genius. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm sure there's a bunch of reasons for Sla- for Flav to feel slighted, yeah. you know, and to, to and he's a man, but he's a small man. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And I'm sure also the whole flavor of love thing is like the second win because he had to be on the surreal life because he was a joke now. And so for it to magically turn into this dating show after a show with Brigitte Nielsen of all people, mm-hmm. like he probably did feel insecure because it's like, what the fuck is happening? I was a joke five minutes ago, mm-hmm. but now women are rich joke. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. or maybe he wasn't rich, but suddenly famous again. Like, he right. probably didn't understand what was happening. No, I, I'll give that to him for sure. So it's it just, I I do want to keep that in perspective because I don't think, I, I feel like in these shows, I assume these men are like just here for the check, but I feel like Flav is also going through some type of journey. So I think that's mm-hmm. interesting to look out for. Um, they start to give us moments from the season and these are, like, I know this was the first of its kind in a lot of ways, but some stuff was still like, you had to know, right? So, like, they show Miss Latin calling her boyfriend. It's like, <laughs> girl, <laughs> you have to have some idea that the cameras are not going to turn away and not look. Like, you know you're going to get caught. And so, I just really, like, I actually think she's a really hidden villain because she left so early. Like, that was extremely yeah. bad, you I know? Mean, so, even the way she argued with with Red <laughs> Oyster later, I was just like, oh, you're an asshole. Um, and 
I, well, it's weird, right? Because it still is like in a brand new era of TV, of reality TV. So it's like, it's still really honest and authentic, but also people are opportunists from the beginning of time. And so it's like, these women, some of these women were being opportunistic, but they weren't slick in the way that reality TV people who are opportunistic know the game now. So mm-hmm. it was like a strange thing. It's like, yeah, of course I went on Flavor of Love. He definitely wasn't her ex-boyfriend. I bet he was her current boyfriend, right. but she got cast on a reality show. And like, it was weird seeing that argument kind of happen, you know, mm-hmm. kind of thing where it's just like, Oh, you're not here for him. And it's like, well, bitch, it's a reality show. Like, of course I'm not here for him. But there's like two or three of them who think we got to be here for him. It was, it's, it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. I think she was definitely just there for a check and got mad because she got exposed as a fraud. And we held that against people back then. Right. I just would still too, though, because I'm like, just don't call the nigga for like a week. Like, just like, keep it low. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, it's like day three and you're in the fall. Yeah. Very stupid. Um, yeah. Okay. So, so don't like her. Um, they showed Georgia and Rain and they, um, it hurt me because I wanted them to be on a show where they could actually find love. Because they were not in the right environment yeah. for the type of love they were trying to offer. Like, they genuinely were like, Flavor's a strong black man. I want to show him that black women can love him. And he was like, mm, I'm looking for the titties. Like, please. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, not the not- love about shows. Like, like, I, like, I can't watch The Bachelor because The Bachelor pretends to be honest or like yeah, earnest. I'm not honest either. Mm-hmm. And, but like, this show, it's so funny because like, we just had a moment where we're like oh poor Flay like he probably isn't insecure like guy he's empathetic but it's like this show made very plain all the bullshit the bachelor was trying to hide which is like the men are here for the titties okay yep. and he wants to see the girls fight okay <laughs> and like any you know and so like it felt coercive in a, in a certain kind of way where it's like Flay is telling the truth about the genre you know like Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna give a. Sorry, I was gonna say I was gonna add to that and give like a long side note because this show kind of like I feel like there's a parallel with this and like misogyny because you know when men I'll use that as a some men I don't want to generalize are like you know monogamy is not natural and I gotta sow my oats and they try to create this whole like idea around the fact that they can never commit and they try to claim that as like a man thing but when you think about it like that could generally be a human thing like all women don't want to commit all women don't want to be like in this relationship that's going to like take so much from them and they're not going to get much out of it like everybody only really when you break it down wants to be in a relationship that really really serves them and sometimes dating multiple people is better to bring it together to this if mm-hmm. i was on this show i'm not looking for love either like i don't think that's a man thing i think it's like if there's 20 men out here trying to impress me i'm like okay let's do let's pull the pants down let's get in order let's you know what i mean like <laughs> let's talk about bank accounts like let's do it and then i'm gonna, and I'm gonna know that I'm, i have no reason to want to pick one because i want season two 
Like, I want to pick the wrong one for me. So it's like, yeah, like, I think they make it seem like, oh, men just don't know. Like, a man just can't pick the right one for him because they're so dumb. Like, no, like, nobody would want to pick one if you have 20 people definitively. Like, I've never had people after me at one time. You know, I can't. Exactly. There's no way that you can be in genuine pursuit of love when it's 20 hot people throwing (laughs) um, themselves at you simultaneously. Like, there's no way that you aren't distracted you know in general and then it, but I also just think it's hilarious that it's like here's this huge misogynist and it's like like I you have to buy in at some point just to watch these shows you know what I mean yeah. where it's just like it's like okay I feel bad for this guy who's probably insecure or whatever but he's manifesting his insecurity in just a very toxic masculine mm-hmm. kind of way and so it's like that's what it means to be straight right like you just are excusing misogyny so you can have a partner or at least see Ugh. you know you know like yeah. I mean no you're right cause it's, it's like, true yeah. like it's just like we're just walking around like hoping that if we make these concessions this connection with a misogynist can happen and it's like relativity you know it's like okay well (laughs) inherently whomever I'm going to be with is going to be a misogynist so can I reduce the amount of misogyny there is can I like limit that or whatever and I can't imagine looking at Flavor Flav and seeing all of what is happening in this mansion and be like, he would be a great father to yeah. our daughter. <laughs> One of the guests um, came on and she was giving me half information and I actually declined because I didn't want to be tainted. But Flav has like six kids and he may yeah, or may not have had like a serious relationship during this time. And yeah, so I just don't wanted- you remember there was a woman at the end of season three's reunion that he brought out who had just had his baby? Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I've been blocking it out because it'll, it'll like, I want to, I want to buy into this. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. Like, right. It's not fun for me anymore. But yeah, like, I don't necessarily, but I then, think that, yeah. Sorry to cut you off. No, but then that, that confuses me about Flav some more because it's like, well, if you had a girl the whole time, why did you get so mad about the women talking about you as an object if you've been objectifying them too? It's been, it's weird. It's like, do you think the show is real or not? You know, yeah. it's like a strange thing. I think that's the vortex of flavor of love. Like, you know, it's all for fake, but you still feel like there's a glimmer of hope. I don't know. Like, that's why this show is so amazing because I never thought that, I, I mean, if they even had gotten together, New York would have used Flav as a launch pad in the crazy, oh, and yeah. she did, right? But like, I, still wanted that to happen so that New York would have her flowers as the winner even though I knew it wasn't a real relationship so like you do still get invested in some weird way um so anyway okay so we we (laughs) I don't obviously as we talked about before we may not be able to get through all this stuff but I just wanted to um I do think what's interesting too is how endeared we got to New York when there were women who like you know, you just think about how fate would have it like we might have been invested in Georgia or rain like there were some women who were so serious about Flav like mm-hmm. almost where it's like yes that's why you left because you're too intense boo I don't know you I can't deal with like yes follow you've been you know uh what's it called tailgating my shows since I was I don't actually want to <laughs> that is stress yes that is so stressful that is so stressful and also like who I would not well you know people are into dom and sub stuff but it, sh- it would not be me worshiping my partner no 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 mm-hmm. no you know like it, just such a power imbalance also like 
I, you can't win if you were one of 20 who showed up at the same time. Like, you know, mm-hmm. even if you win, quote unquote, you can't win. It's just yeah, such no a power way. imbalance. Such a weird thing. I don't know. I think but it's fun real. TV. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because because that's kind of how um you know again talking about some men like setting up dating to be this thing where women have to compete like as if this idea that one spark will rise above the flames and it's like sir your habits are creating an environment where you cannot really build intimacy with anyone mm-hmm. and so it's like exactly. in, yeah and you're looking for this like so, this like act of God to tell you someone's worth committing to but it's just a practice you just go date and figure mm-hmm. it out so, yeah it's like um the, the, again this is why the show is amazing because of the fact that it can make us think about like truths of life you know what I mean yes <laughs> like, exactly also what was like weird to think about is along the lines of what you said with rain and Georgia and it'll come I'll mention it later I'm sure but like mm-hmm. I was like whoa um what made it so that we didn't like red oyster but we were perfectly okay with New York like what was the difference and so I was just like racking my brain mm-hmm. you know and just like that like what could have made like the beginning the early time of reality tv is fascinating because it's like nobody knew they're all pioneers so what Mm -hmm. did production see in new york that they didn't Mm -hmm. see in red oyster what did the audience not connect to that they connected to with new york eventually you know what i mean and it's like one one argument or scene could have changed the history of reality television like it could have been red oyster that vh1 invested in if she were charming you know what i mean or you know so they do the same exact thing yeah no my theory though is that like you look at the longevity, right? Like, did 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 VH1 invest in New York? Absolutely. But, like, Tiffany was always going to be Tiffany. Like, right. and when you look at, like, her mother, like, you know, she's been training for this. Is like, that really her mother? Is that really, is that her real mother? I believe so. She's come up another. I've been racking my brain probably for 15 years trying to figure this out. I can't tell if that's her real mother. Because how how are you a normal person if you ha- is, is her mother acting as well? There's no way that you successfully raise a child if you are that kind of mother. She said, "I would I would have run away from home like twenty times." Wow, that is shocking to me because it really worked for me. <laughs> like I was just like, of course this is her mother. <laughs> it works for me. It works for me. Like watching the show, I'm saying that's why I'm like, is this woman an actress? Because she, there's no way she's really that woman's mother. They're very dramatic. I don't know. I'm laughing because I'm thinking like, what would me and my mom as a duo look like on TV? And my Nigerian mother would not oh, get <laughs> Yeah, no, my um and watch I, me date Flavor Flav. <laughs> oh, she would come, she would just be like, Oh, oh, that's him. Oh. Like it would just be a lot. it would she wouldn't invest. She would be like, Oh, oh. Sorry. I, I just think that if I had to say hotter or colder, me and my mother would be warmer towards what they end up looking like. I, I don't okay. think it would be that I mean, so it was like it didn't feel that that off brain to me, but no, I do think that would be even better if that was an actor because it's like the genius there. Um, but no, I just like I, even like the, even when you it has to be her real mom, you know, but like even when you get to like the New York shows, it's like this woman can't be real talking to these people like this. You know what I'm saying? Like, how she's she one have- million, bro. She's that's what I'm saying. I, that's that was kind of my theory. Like, I think that, yeah, did she come at the right time, right cast, whatever. But she also is just like some people have the star power and they were going to make it no matter what. And I, and I love seeing that with black women. Cause I feel like 
they try to tell you that story of like Hollywood of old and it's like always mediocre ass white talent where you're like I guess Shirley Temple could tap dance a little bit but she wasn't that good you know where it's like you're like New York is undeniable like I see it you know and um but I also have another theory that I think if New York wasn't on the season Hottie would have had the buzz that New York ended up that was also something that was also something I too I was like Hottie was the one who made me go oh you know you're you're working this you get reality tv but it was like she did too much like she was just enough on the other side of much it's like you really microwaved a raw chicken and gave it to his mom like that's that was just like too much of a stunt you know what i'm saying yep yep new york knew what i what i love about new york and i almost want to think it's like a you know there's there's this running joke about like new york kids just grow up so quickly like y'all like mm-hmm. like they go to they drink coffee black coffee at nine in the morning on the way to school <laughs> <laughs> like and I just imagine that like so, yeah. I'm so young yeah. but we don't grow up it's weird because like we're growing young but we don't grow up so it's like when you're 13 all of a sudden you're 25 but you're also like right. 25 and 13 until you're 40 if that makes right. sense right so, and like, so you grow up early but then you're in a permanent kind kind of Peter Pan kind of place for a long time. And New York makes you grow up early, but it doesn't make you responsible adult for a long time. For me anyway. There you go. So that so I think that's that is exactly what I'm saying. That's still consistent. Because I feel like New York like had possession of her feminine wiles like years mm-hmm. before I knew where to look for them, you know? And so I'm, <laughs> I just kind of attribute that to like an East Coast culture of like, you know, like mm-hmm. just, you know, women know what they have to offer and like and and I don't know. I don't I, I can't even speak to it. But I but with that said, I think that that's another reason why like there's all these factors that make her amazing because what she mm-hmm. would do with slaves, she gave Flav like 1950s housewife energy like whatever you want I'll run your bath I'll be ready and then she turned around to everybody else and was like look I'll cut you like let's do it. I mean, like and that's why I stand her because she knew her audience. Like she knew right. like some people. Um, and and I and in a way, I almost still think that's con- that's consistent with who she is. I don't think there's like a fakeness to that. Whereas I like, like people who, pleasing to the people she wants to please, right? Right. And I, I mean, I just don't necessarily. I don't know. I think we all just know somebody who, like, when it comes to them and their man, they're like, yeah, I got slaying the carpet out. And then when it comes to their friends, they're like, look, I don't like that you did this and I just want to yeah. fight about it. And they're like, what, what do I am? He, he should get some of this. So, I don't know. I just, I, I appreciated her in a different way watching her in my late 20s than I would have watching her in my teens right. whenever this came out. So, um, I don't know. I don't know the theory of what, of, of who should have been and would have been. I just know that I firmly believe she would have been who she is no matter what. Cause you look at like a hoops who had all the beauty, all the colorism on her side and she dated an NBA player and then we don't really hear from her no more. And so it's like but she, she had, dated an NBA player after anybody gave a fuck about that NBA player. I was actually surprised. You know what though? Hoops would have soared in the NCAA. Instagram era because all you have to do is be pretty light skin and put your bo- put your booty out she would have had every athlete in her dms like okay i'm surprised she don't have them now yeah um, maybe she ran out of fuel 
It's like maybe, maybe. not that life, you know, whereas like Tiffany was like, hey, listen, I'm here. Zeus Network is cutting the checks. Like I will, <laughs> I will be the, the grand mom forever. And I just, um, yeah, I just love her. I'm looking forward to catching up on your recap of her and your show because I just think that she really deserves like all of the flowers because she's mm-hmm. like just a person. I don't, I, I just know, I think I have good instincts. I know I wouldn't have been able to pull that off. When, when this bitch came in full lingerie smoking cigarettes, while Pumpkin and Hoops were in the bed with Slade and she was just in the corner just judging. I was like, mm-hmm. the confidence, like, just the gall. I just, I... Right. There I is a certain kind of Black American woman that's very attractive to me, and New York is it, but it's attractive to me now as an adult because I would like to imitate it, but I don't know where to access it. Where mm-hmm. it's like, they're not quite like debutantes, but they're like, you know, just bougie Black women mm-hmm. who are tacky and crazy and dramatic but like in a classy way you know what i mean like you know like a woman like new york is obviously doing terrible things to the people she's interacting with Mm -hmm. but there's something trashy and disgusting about the way you do it and it's like you know new york doesn't look tacky and gutter when she's calling hottie ugly but she's calling hottie ugly it's not a becoming characteristic but it's kind of just like a diva kind of like i don't know why your your bad behavior is sexy but it's like something about your bad behavior is classy and sexy in a way that like hotties wasn't you know is it is it a cardi b no because cardi's not classy in quite the new york way it's do you watch do you watch do you watch real housewives of atlanta Absolutely. So, like, I know this is going to be, I must Kenya more stand. So, like, but like, Kenya is not quite as likable as New York, but there's like a, I'm a very nasty person, but I'm classy while I'm doing it. And it's like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to roll down in the mud with you, but I'm also in the mud. Why is my mud nicer than your mud? But for some reason, it just seems like it is, you know? And so it's like, their hoop staying out of arguments is actually the classy thing to do, quote unquote. Right. But like Tiffany engaging in a certain kind of way made it classy to do so. And I, it's a talent that is masterful. Yeah. Right. I think the thing about the commonality between a Kenya and a, um, a New York is that they don't slinch. Like right. they do not, like you have to go from first taping to reunion and you do not ever flinch. You, you can't get, you can't give an inch and say like, Oh, you're right. I kind of, you have to be like, this is just how it is. And I think that, oh, that they, like, have, they have no back down. Both yeah, New York and that's Kenya. right. That's New York has no back down. And that's another thing. It was like, she had no back down except for with Flav. And it's like, oh, Mm -hmm. she did the right part in like seducing the audience by saying, look, she is here for him. See? Mm -hmm. And she gonna give us good TV over here too. Yes, you're so right about that. And I think what's amazing about that is that is a level of like you you stepped out of the matrix of of mm-hmm. misogyny. You know what I mean? Because the reason why women yeah. back down is because we're told that we're crazy or negative or gossipy or right. Like there's this voice in the back of our head, this misogynistic voice telling us something we did was wrong and we should apologize yeah. for it. And so like they've opted out of that. Like and I think that's why they're villains who like you have to keep watching. Um, and I really I uh, maybe this is wrong. New York is not a villain. Anymore. She just right. 
Well, so the thing is, my definition of villain has expanded, right? Right. And so, like, New York is a villain to me, but she's a villain to me because the edit made her the bad guy first season, right? So it's like, my brain just goes, my brain goes, there was a nice little girl Mm -hmm. that they made hoops. Ooh, the colorism thing is now very, very apparent to me. As I heard myself say that, I was like, yeah, the the rewatch is so real. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So, like, here's this pretty sweet tomboy who just mm-hmm. likes slave, right? And then here's this loud, ratchet, mean, condescending, dark-skinned girl. And so, like, they wanted us to think of her as the villain. And I call her the villain because she wore it. She had no problem bullying anybody. And... My thing is, like, my definition of the word villain has empathy in it. You're the bad guy, but you're not a bad person, right? right. So, like, they had, New York was the bad guy. She was going around being mean to girls for no reason. Like, she was, you know? So, but it's not like she's the bad guy for whom I have no empathy. She's my favorite. Right. You can be a bad guy and right. you don't. And be you know? the, the protagonist. Yeah, no, and you're not wrong. I think, I, I, I want to acknowledge, like, she is a villain to the women on the show. Like, she's definitely painted as a villain. But yeah, like, when I was rewatching, I was like, girl, like, you, what would I do without you? You know what I mean? Like, I can't. So, so, well, that's for me. another. But that's another thing, and this is why I love reality television so much, because especially with women characters on television, and I'm going to speak in terms of characters, because I don't like acting like these reality TV people are themselves in real life on TV, unless they're Ramona Singer, who's a horrible human being. But if you... <laughs> she's a monster. She's truly a monster. She was born like, in Jim when- Crow, y'all. Let's really just keep it in perspective. <laughs> that bitch is old as hell. Um, I was like, I have to watch this premiere with a black person because I cannot risk watching Ramona meet a black woman without my black friends around for support. Yeah. <laughs> I like, okay. Pardon? I was just trying to say that cast is passed under the radar for Black Lives Matter and racism. Like they yeah. somehow just kept like it's like their racism is just so sprinkled in. Yeah, they just sprinkle the racism in so you don't notice it. But yes, yeah, so yeah. sorry. That's a whole other no, totally I took you there. See, I told you before. It yeah. was what i was saying was what's so cool about reality tv versus just like women characters in general is like if if flavor of love were a scripted show hoops would just be perfect and angelic and um new york would just be the bad guy we might get a couple scenes about things from her perspective but generally speaking like it would be villain good guy and so like like about reality tv and i think some of our most favorite characters from reality tv in general are people who you see production try to paint them a certain way and they're charming enough to dodge productions like framing and Mm -hmm. win like very clear to me like season one of atlanta nini and uh production had invested in kim and sheree as the stars of the show they didn't know nini was gonna know it seemed to me i mean just imagine and so it's like nini was so spectacular because it was just like she emerged anyway not that they didn't recognize her hilarity like they did but sure. it was it was supposed to be a show about sheree and kim as socialites and nini t- took over and i and uh and i love that because i don't know that if it were a scripted show a character like nini gets anything other than being a sidekick you know what i'm saying 
And um, I want to table that because I would really love to record something separate with you because I think the anthology of all this shit is so you're bringing up some real some like really good insights. So I definitely agree. Like I think that um the impact of the producers and the ways that they like think they know what they're doing and then there's the breakout stars. I think that it's like you said like that it changes history. It's like the butterfly effect. Like this person steps up and it it ends up changing the whole course of how yeah. we think about the series and yeah. even you know you mentioned Zeus Network. God yeah. forgive me, Johnson's Cabaret Atlanta is oh. the best I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh my God. Um, but I'm like, how is a Jocelyn even possible? Oh, New York is why a Jocelyn is even mm-hmm. possible. Because there's no way that VH1 makes a star out of the other girl, the other woman, or makes a star right. out of the former escort stripper without New York being a black woman villain who turns into a superhero, you know, yeah, and who like becomes a protagonist. It's like it paves a way almost, you know what I'm saying? And Jocelyn makes here's where Cardi B comes through. Jocelyn makes Cardi B possible after that. Absolutely. Okay. I'm okay. Can we make a deal? I'm going to get back to the script because I actually want to talk yeah, about all sorry. of this without... No, no, no. Listen, I want to talk about this like in a separate episode. We can just like get into it and I don't have to keep pulling you away. And I, I'm taking notes because I'm like, this is amazing. Okay. So um, I just want to run through it because now I'm like bored by Flavor of Love because I want to talk about this other <laughs> stuff. So, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, no, no. It's great. I love it. Okay. So I want to... Uh, I just want to bring up characters and get your read on them from... Because I know like you haven't had the chance to recap. So I think that's what's kind of cool. Like mm-hmm. it's just like first impressions. So Sirius comes back. Sirius is the model who he kicked off his hand. Unimpressed. (laughs) Why? Okay, let's tell me more. Unimpressed. Here's where my internalized misogyny comes in. It's like, girl, you're not pretty enough for this. Like, all this that you're doing, the way she was talking, you would think she was Giselle from Potomac or something like she was taught I was like you are a pretty light-skinned woman I don't care that you and it's like are you a model or have you done a shoot before because like it was just like it was it was I don't mind a woman bragging on herself in fact I love it we just talked about how I love when a woman I love an arrogant woman especially if she's black or I love it especially on reality tv but it's just like there's arrogance because you you deserve to be arrogant and then there's arrogance like i'm selling this to you because i don't believe it and serious comes off to me like i swear to god guys i'm pretty enough to be a model and that's why i'm gonna tell you know as opposed to being actually like i don't think she actually thinks she's any more beautiful or better than those women i think she's trying to tell us to tell herself absolutely it makes me think of like a how and i really don't mean this in a bad way i swear to god how i just happen to never have really seen cynthia bailey model anything now i'm not a fashion girl so there's no reason why i've seen cynthia and stuff i'm a little older than you i do think there's definitely an age thing but it's like when she came onto the show i didn't i wasn't like this bitch isn't a model i was like clearly it's on me because i don't yeah. follow fashion mags you know and then they had but give she her also the credit. looks like one right yeah exactly like and then to give her the credit she um she did that party one season where everybody came as her iconic looks so again it was like okay you know that's on you you don't know the research so with serious i think you're i think you're really nailing it like she was early up and coming she also was like the other interesting thing i think about it from a um 
time capsule perspective is this was before BBL booties were it. So it's like she was a she was like a bad bitch in a king magazine with that with the natural body. Yeah. And so I think that's what she was saying. Like, you know, like I'm that I'm an urban model. Yeah. She was a she was a that. video she looks like a video vixen to me. Yeah. And but my thing is like, who cares? Like Yeah. Cares? <laughs> well, like, the thing like, she did the she did this crazy thing where she gave Flav like pictures of her. Like she like really made her whole existence on the show about right. the fact that she's valuable because she's this gorgeous model. And that actually is what ended up getting her kicked off. So I, I love that she yeah. picked up on that. And also, you know, like that's like when they showed that quick clip of her doing that on the reunion, I was like, Okay, so here's another person who knew that her end goal was to come onto the show and get famous. It's such a weird thing where you see the hodgepodge it's like some people get it and some people don't and it's so weird like because now on every reality show for the most part everybody gets it and it's such a weird thing to see some people getting it and some people not and how much of a disadvantage the people who don't get it are at like obviously i don't know that sirius's career benefited from any of this but she really did get a lot of airtime talking about her being a model right yeah good for her i do hope yeah like it's one of those like blanket prayers where i'm like i hope everyone is doing very well <laughs> like i hope that everyone just like wherever you land is where you want it to be because i do have like a lot of um sadness thinking about women who come in here thinking that it's going to be them and they're going to take their right. break and then yeah and then they just don't and i, I just hope I genuinely hope that everyone's good because when when I was looking up women at this point, um, the only person who had like catapulted was New York, and so or and, and hoops is like you know kind of influencer status, so I guess like that would make sense. But the rest of them, like I don't even know because I think that Pumpkin's choices here made her like infamous. Well, I'm I remember that Pumpkin had to keep doing reality TV for a while, and I'm pretty sure she did porn. If I remember correctly, that was, that was a right. lot of these women, the a lot of these women, it was interesting because the white women who did the VH1 dating shows fell into porn or sex work a lot. But I don't know if yeah. if that's true about the women on Flavor of Love or if they're better at being discreet about it. But that was something that I remember. Um, that's an amazing that point. Yeah, I hadn't even thought about that. Oh, I don't know. But there's also, I think, a permission for being an open sex worker in white spaces that there isn't for black people. So mm-hmm. it might have something to do with that as well. Because mm-hmm. like so many, it, like <laughs> the other day, I was just thinking about how many people I didn't realize were escorts, and I'm just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I mean, that brings up the yeah. cast member of Atlanta. Again, you know what I mean? Like, just it's like it's very prevalent. I think, or in this day and age, like the explosion of OnlyFans is really interesting yeah. because it's people being outwardly like, "Hey, I'm a lawyer," and also here's my sex page, and it's like, huh? Um, and it's almost like if enough people have done it, you almost feel like, okay, you like I, not that I want to shame it, but it's like you literally can't shame it because everyone's doing it. Like, who right, would you right. say that you should in this day and age? People are home, like they want to see porn. So yeah, right. it's like amazing to um, it's like you said, some of these women would have soared in the Instagram age and just done mm-hmm. a lot better. I just I yeah. so yeah, so I had that empathy for them as well. I mean, even they were, you know, they were like slut shaming each other. And I'm like, you guys uh, are one of 20 people to kiss so on annoying. this man. You are all sluts. We are all so here, annoying. not in Mbappé, you know? That's one thing I <laughs> know. Not- so 
I would have to not tell my family I was on a show like this because I'd be fucking like I just <laughs> I just would I just be like look I'm bored like it was you would discover some things about me so I'm just the slut shaming is very weird for me because it's but like also it just also sorry to cut you off it's just like a weird it's just a weird framing because like we're all participating in slut behavior even if I hold out I'm part of this harem still so I'm encouraging promiscuity even if I separate myself and pretend I'm more chaste. It's like I'm also still here being part of this man's harem. So why are we out here slut shaming one another? It's so stupid. It's so stupid. Yeah, no, but I think that again, going back to this sociological discussion we're having about misogyny it's like you know like I get, no no I'm saying like I love that because because the way that you plug in this idea of I'm going to be the better of the women is like you're still competing like you understand yeah. you're playing the game and that we didn't make up the rules so like mm-hmm. these rules are, that's what that's why the feminism movement makes a new wave every couple decades because it's like oh we didn't get it we didn't catch it all this time you know what mm-hmm. I mean so yeah I think um I think you're exactly like I couldn't you put it into really good words because I just knew that I didn't like that idea or like that hoops is like hoops in the, in the finale is like oh you open up your legs to anybody it's like yeah. you mean the nigga you've been both fighting for for the last yeah, two weeks yeah exactly you know the dude that you are trying to th- like we came here trying to get to smash him like that was the end game. Okay. It's like, did I beat you? Are you mad about it? Yes, I was mad about it. Yeah. And then it felt like punishment when Flav didn't choose her. Because it was like, oh, mm-hmm. so I'm going to yeah. punish you for fucking me by not wiping you? Like, that sucks. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I think um one thing to to mention uh, Laura Marie Shane Hall's show, Insatiable Bitch Goddesses, one, one thing they covered on their show that I remember, I forgot from Rock of Love, is like, Brett Michaels was this creature right oh, but yeah i do not i can't with him but he had a moment where i just think about this one particular moment where he was supposed to spend the night with someone she denied him and then he just talked about how he couldn't stop thinking about her and she was just on his mind oh, and it's, yes that girl and, that won yes won the first season was, yeah. and so this idea of like making him wait is going to translate to a relationship is like that's not just VH1s that's Steve Harvey's rules that's you know what I mean right. that's all like it's this idea that men live by these set constraints of rules and that they're not human it's really weird to me when I think about but it but the thing is like they do that's the thing that's so messed up about it like that's the thing because I was like I was skimming this show called VH1's Couples Retreat they re- they brought it back and they have like a bunch of people on I, from Love I, and Hip Hop on it on them, but I love the idea of those shows like i can always I just get right too. in no it's like it's really crazy because i don't know why and i might go back to why i hate the dating shows but i love the fixing relationship shows it's like it's like subvert this like toxic presentation mm. of misogynistic love show me a black man trying to figure out how to love his woman you know what i mean like that feels subversive to me and so maybe that's why i'm attracted to it but it's like i was watching uh page one uh couples retreat and it was like showing like the men versus the women and it was so crazy because it's like the men did need a separate male doctor to talk to because men do perform this toxic masculinity it's like you don't want to stereotype them but they do perform it and so it's like you did need to get some dude who translated what AJ Johnson said eloquently but Mm -hmm. translated like you did need that and you did need 
Mendices to tell this guy to be good to his wife because he wouldn't listen to a woman tell him to be good to. It's so bizarre to be like confronted yeah. with thing to um, encourage men to be open enough to be vulnerable and show their dynamic like complexities or whatever. But like realizing that the way to get them there is to like approach them the man way that yeah. they've been taught. I have this recent, this recently formed theory that manhood is a cult. It and is. I really feel like the, yeah, like cause they're taught very strict rules from top to bottom. And so what you're speaking to is this idea that someone needs to understand that and translate it. Because if I say anything critical of masculinity or manhood at first, your first, your training is shut me out. I'm an angry feminist. I don't get it. I don't get what it's like to be a man. Right. Yeah. And then, um, also one, one critique that like eventually we'll get to as a community. I don't know if we're ready yet is like that there are black women raising their sons to also be a part of this cult. Like it's like, again, because we bought into this idea of manhood and we're really fucking ourselves over because when you think about like the theories of how like what what people attract to on like an animal level, it is very much based on what you were raised with. Like that doesn't mean that's the best thing for you. That doesn't mean that's what you'll be happy with. It's like right, what you're right. attracted to. And so if you keep letting toxic men help form your sense of what manhood is, it, it, it'll keep perpetuating itself. Right. So it's like it's as simple as having a generation have men in their lives who like have duality and act like humans and have emotions too to have like different relationships. But I, I have long it's said that so interesting that yeah. manhood is a cult because it makes 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 guys like Kevin Samuels or like DJ Academics make more I'm sense. I'm gonna pass to me. out. You just two, you just said two <laughs> names that will put me into a coma. I'm so disgusted by okay, I'm gonna table those two because I'm like it, this mm-hmm. is I have a rant in me about them. So okay. So let me ask you about I feel like um this I'm hoping to like hype people up to hear the other part of our conversation and tune in to the other episode. So um you tell me about what you feel about serious and I definitely think that you nailed it. Do you remember Sweetie, the one who well you just watched. So Sweetie is the yeah. one who um had like she was a singer. She had this bedazzled wave cap on. Um <laughs> interesting. It was, so, it was so early on. It felt like a Jaheim video. You know what I mean? Where it's just okay. like a bandana around you with your rhinestones or some shit. <laughs> it's a time it's truly a time sa- time capsule because it's like, wow, this is amazing. Like how like because yeah. that was it. Like that was the fit. She was banging at that point. She and was so she, banging. She's the one who called slave R word on the way out because yeah. she's from Philly and she wants to let him know he's the R word for letting her go and again I, the, what I did I gave myself permission to rewatch this and live in the moment and not mm-hmm. live in the now and in the moment I got what she was saying she's saying I know um, I, I also didn't I also didn't it didn't hit my ear in a mm-hmm. way Same, that yeah. like that hearing the F word might or like hearing right. a transphobic thing. Not that, you know, it's but it's okay, didn't but feel yeah, like but that you, level of But you knew it was like just yeah. it was like it wasn't directed towards anyone yeah. with disability. It was saying yeah. like something like stupid, which is yeah. which is why how you should not use that word, but you knew it was like she'd yeah. be like, What do you mean? I don't mean them, I mean him you know, like she yeah, wouldn't exactly. And and I like I don't remember the word being casually in my vocabulary except for like one incident at school where my teacher corrected me without correcting me. It was very nice of him actually. But he like but like other than that, like I 
don't remember usually using myself casually, but I remember it was casually around for sure. So like mm-hmm. I, it didn't, it didn't shock me. It just was like, Oh, we could never now <laughs> kind of thing. Um, I didn't like yeah. her in this short clip, to be honest with you. I didn't enjoy it. She well, felt so, intense. Right. Well, I would say, though, the context that I think is valuable here for anyone who's just tuning in is that her exit was epic. She had an exit where he kicked her okay. off. He, he felt like she wasn't real. And he she literally said, Flav, do you even want real? Do you even love yourself enough to accept real if you found it? I'm out of here. And I was like, <gasps> it was like, cheers, okay. man. Like, yeah, like she gave him a read on the way out because she really liked him. But he like, um. He was kind of like doing that thing where he he made up a reason because oh oh actually sorry to bring it back to chastity she didn't kiss him on the date and oh, he okay. told she wasn't ready oh yet. wow she was like oh you don't really want me and she was like no and then so then she started to act like she wanted him because she saw the other women doing it and he said she was fake for that so yeah oh, that, yeah so, so she, it was that you can't win for losing right that's what it was um the crowd boos her. Yeah, I didn't enjoy her either, to be honest with you. Now, I do. It's important that what you just said about the crowd, because I was very taken aback by how on the on Flav's side the crowd was like the crowd had Flav's back. And like maybe because it was the first season, there was like no kind of cognizance of all the guys slimy too. We're all playing a game. It was just like. It was like very earnest. No, you're not here for Flav or you are here for Flav. That's like how the audience seemed to respond. And but like. I don't know. I don't know why I was like rejecting. I like, cause I'm sure like if I had watched that clip as you describe it, I'd be like, slave is a misogynistic piece of shit, you know? But in this moment, it's it just felt weird. Yeah. It did. It felt even if, you know, even as you give this like explanation, she still feels a little too intense for me. Cause it's like, don't go to the guy who's, at the top of the stairs in a in a rented mansion looking down at women and titties and be like are you ready for real clearly not (laughs) yeah (laughs) i mean you have a point it's like it's a realness you love to hear but you're also like ma'am he won't this won't hit him for three to five years from now like he'll have a moment in the tub when he's like oh wait she was right but it's not getting through right now in this environment because he's still and also like i'm here on my smash everybody tour like this Mm -hmm. isn't you know what i'm saying like I don't, I'm sure production keeps people away from people so that it doesn't happen constantly. But like, this is my see everything, feel women up. If I want it, I'm Flavor Flav and I just came off of a reality um, resurgence. If I wanted to actually find a wife in a a happy way, Mm. I could. I'm on a TV show. I want to fuck a lot of pretty things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now, um, so I just want to record Flay's response. So they show the video of Sweetie calling him the R word. And he says, you know what? That wasn't no diss to Flay because I understood where she was coming from. And honestly, I will agree with her because I got rid of her and kept hottie. That's R worded. And it's like, yeah. nobody's upset about this. <laughs> and Lala goes, I'm feeling you on that, Flay. So everyone's okay with this at this point. <laughs> Here's the thing. I was like, if I like first of all it was a good joke you know if we're talking about technical like proficiency it was a well-written joke and so I'm like damn if he didn't use a slur it would be like it would be a great joke but the like the impact of the word is because it's a bad word you know but yeah um I mean I understood the sentiment and I get what he's saying but it's like 
here's me not knowing if Flav knows the show is real or not. Because it's like, you know exactly why you kept hottie. Production told you to. That's why you kept hottie. You know exactly why you did that. Right. Like, does Flav think the show is real? I want to believe that Flav said, don't tell me nothing. I want to believe that Flav just shows up every day. That's that's the theory I'm running with, that Flav just shows up at call. Okay, two hours late for call. It's like, look... <laughs> I'm good. I got Rick. Don't don't really. You don't have to tell me nothing because I genuinely even know Rick in real life. I mean, (laughs) no, but I did. I do think Big Rick is someone who's doing fine now. I think he sold his limo business, and I think he's a deacon at the church. So I'm like really happy that Big Rick is doing well. He okay. So then they bring up. Well, I'm skipping around, but then Red Oyster comes around, and she gets booed, and I I was was surprised by that. she was my everything like she the way she would go and like <laughs> run to him was hilarious. I would never have done that but the way she did it was so funny because she just be staring there in her red like scope in the scene and people <laughs> knew it, it'd be different if people didn't know you know she's the snitch so like you're still mm-hmm. doing dirt she's gonna do her job right exactly do her job I think that was what stood out to me when the audience didn't respond well and even the other women because I was like oh they don't think of it as their job yet because it's the, you know like they, they aren't on New York's level yet and even Red Oyster herself didn't know what she was doing because she couldn't articulate what she was doing in a way that explained to these women why they shouldn't be mad about it like she had a hard time explaining to them why because there's no difference to me between what she did if I remember correctly and what New York had been doing the whole season but it was I was like what what is it about Oyster that even the audience didn't like and I that that made me wonder too like was there some like racial tension with mm-hmm. Oyster and other people? Because I was like, was it like this Asian woman is narking on all these black women and it's like rubbing, rubbing people wrong. Cause she's like snitching on black girls to get close to a black man kind of thing. Or like, yeah. is that why the women responded poorly to it? Is that why the audience responded poorly to it? Like I was just like, and you know, she came out in like an S and M kind yeah, of love outfit. It. I was like, why? I was like, why isn't she liked by people? Like, this seems like this would be great in 2021. Well, this is my theory. My one theory is that, like, yeah, she was, like, sex positive in a, before there's a movement, right? So I think that, like, her coming out in S&M made her seem weird and otherly and, like, okay. in a way, like, even though she's shown no hint of sex appeal with Flav, it's like, oh, you know your sex, ugh, I don't know. You know, like, I think there's something about that because all the other women had on, like, long tees and, you know, mm-hmm. bell-bottom jeans or whatever. So I think there's that. I also, I think your read is very accurate. Accurate, so I'm gonna I'm, I definitely want to incorporate it into mine but I but the thing I was saying be- I was thinking before is I think the real problem is like she knew early on her and Flav didn't really have that yeah thing. she peaked yeah. it but she wanted so to she played the show. right and I think yeah. that was just, right and it's so it's like these, it's a very she, survivor kind of move yeah. it's like it's like okay let me figure out how I can make it as long as possible to capital yeah it's a very strategic competition mm-hmm. reality show move and but these I, women didn't seem to realize they were on a competition reality show. If me and a guy had no sex appeal, I'd become his BFF, bro. Yes. At his side, just like, look, I don't like her, and I'm gonna tell you why. You know what I mean? I just yes. like, because why not? Like, I'm, a, I want to be on. Kind of, and also, like, you know, going again, like on Jocelyn's cabaret, for example, there's like a whole argument about who's the bottom bitch in Jocelyn's like 
I guess, cabaret or hostel of women or whatever. But it's like, they're like red oysters giving bottom bitch energy. And I like don't mind it. You know what I'm saying? And so, it's, I mean, obviously that's co-opting sex worker language. So I, I just mean it in the way that Jocelyn's using it on her show. It's like in the reality TV like, if version of it, like red oysters doing it. And it's so interesting to see that version of a person get rejected back then, but like would be thriving right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, right. She'd have a, she'd have like a whole read it about people who loved like to snitch <laughs> you know what I mean I don't know who like exactly. who she would attract uh, yeah. she would have a secret standum she wouldn't be like mainstream popular but she would have I like the have way it. that Shaw or somebody has like stands who just like rapidly respond to like every um, I haven't uh, thought about the importance of her being Asian as well like I think that that's representation on these shows that is sorely lacking like you know we cause, I, cause I'm always big into like you know where the black people at but then you have to start having some awareness like okay where are, are the Asians like where are the natives like what the hell like this is literally bad so yeah I do stand her one thing that started to happen that I really did not like was Georgia and Rain are giving comments from the back and I'm like yes. since you you watch like I watch pipe down yeah exactly yeah I didn't like that because um and I think you know VH1 and every other reality show after that kind of figured out that you bring the quote-unquote extras for a brief segment and then remove them because you don't need commentary from the peanut gallery it was clear that they once they realized what a sensation the show was they needed to like you know capitalize on their ability to come back and like make a moment and also just kind of like you had your opportunity on the show to make a splash and you didn't and it's like I don't need a reunion redemption performance if you're not coming back the next season right like I understand the incentive to do it on a show where the cast remains mostly the same but it's like if there's not a next season for you to come back on like I don't need you to spend all of this hour where I want to talk to the people I've got to no longer trying to get to know you I'm uninterested yeah that's why the business sucks because it's like it's not about the community it's about the couple people that like resonated and yeah we, like, we well, get it, really profound absurd yeah because like cause they have lies you know but I didn't see them so I don't really want to hear more yeah <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> so yeah. um yeah I think eventually one of them gets booted because they keep acting like they want to fight um and I was wasn't upset I about that. Rain. Yeah, yeah, and I'm like, oh, but Rain was the intensity that we talked about this already, but like, because when she was in that car yelling at New York, I was like, man, like, therapy is that's really calling for you. Yes. Therapy is calling. That's, <laughs> that's the next call you need to answer she, when you leave here. And, you know, and it was like, that's the thing. It's another thing. It's like, because, like, on reality TV show, like, it's still a television show, so I still want to feel good when I'm watching it, right? And, like, there's a certain kind of, like, you need enough desperation for someone to debase themselves for my entertainment on television, right? But mm-hmm. I don't need too much desperation or it starts to be unpleasant to experience. And like, I think that if we got more of rain, we would have gotten a sour person. I don't think it would have been it. Right. Yeah, I think, oh man, and that resonates because haven't you ever been like, yo, I'm the best? And then you realize afterwards, like, mm, I probably would have like 
shown my ass by a guy. Like, you just are glad that you don't get a chance to yeah. do something or be somewhere I would longer. never, I yeah. could not, I could not imagine being in such a high pressure situation because even just moving to Los Angeles for a job ruined my brain. So, like, I couldn't imagine <laughs> putting myself in a pressure cooker of a, a rented mansion against all these guys. Like, it's actually insane. Like, the premise of every reality show is insane. Absolutely. But, like, this is an insane one. That is crazy. That's crazy. What the fuck were they doing? I mean, I'm, I'm smiling as you say that because it's like this is how history is made by doing things that make no sense and then recording them and us just being like, okay, like that's how easily things become okay. Like we just they just did them in the 2000s because mm-hmm. there's that things like he has challenges in here, but he just feels them up and they just stand in line waiting to get felt up. <laughs> You telling lies. For real? It wasn't, it wasn't framed as that, but it was like he blindfolded himself. He was like, how do I figure out who you are? And oh, it was yeah. And it was like, <laughs> oh, of course, they're going to put their titties in his hand to win. To win. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's so funny to me because, you know, like, I'm obsessed with all kinds of reality shows. So, like, a show that, like, I grew up with was, like, The Real World and then, you know, mm-hmm. The Challenge. And now all of the challenges are on Paramount Plus, right? And there are whole episodes that the challenges act like never happened. But there are just, there are episodes where it's like, oh no, 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 we can't put that on TV in 2021. And so like there are all these like sexual challenges from way back to so it's like, you know, there are like challenges where the men have to like rub their bodies against each other to like melt ice. And it's clearly (laughs) to like get hot 20 somethings to like rub, like grind on each other, right? You know? And it's like I don't know if they've cut those episodes, but I I wouldn't be surprised if I tried to watch season 16 of the challenge and it's like that episode where Robin used her titties to m- melt ice is not there anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I mean MTV and. I know they're not like that different. I'm sure they're all No, under- they're all under the same Viacom. Right. It's like MTV, BT, um, yeah. uh, VH1, and then like CBS and stuff. Yeah. But, or like, Paramount now. But. It is mind-blowing how literally if we were producers right now, we would be able to craft anything. And as long as we can get 20 people who want to be discovered to do it, they would come on and do it. And there'd be no dissonance. There'd be no, wow, this is too far. There'd be nothing. It's just that, oh, you're right, our sign of contract and we could get them to like you know we could get naked challenges we could get sexual we could do anything and i think that like that power is actually insane <laughs> like i never i never questioned it often enough it was great like i revisited the um the diddy moment on our podcast and i remember being 15 and being like the diddy making them walk and get cheesecake and i remember being i never being like that's hilarious and I'm 33 and I'm in the entertainment industry and I remember how hard it was and I've been in it for 12 years, 11 years and it's like, oh wow if I were 21 still and like thinking that this reality TV show where I clearly wasn't going to get my life changed but Diddy made me feel like I was going to get my life changed <laughs> and Diddy made me walk to Brooklyn from Midtown in heels to get him cheesecakes because he could like I would have done it and that's fucked up 
up. So, but now I feel like I feel like Diddy couldn't get away with doing that. Now I don't think so. I feel like I feel like there's a there's a like rejection of exploiting people that we didn't do before. Like yeah, we like I, I think we take reality TV and seriously enough as a genre that there's obviously still extremely exploitative reality shows, but it's like sometimes you we would go oh like MTV wouldn't I don't think MTV would put that scene on today right. like I don't think they would have you know there's something about the power dynamics that makes it such an ugly thing and I think you have that here where it's like Flav wasn't famous anymore but he's still famous mm-hmm. you know and like mm-hmm. if P. Diddy I'm talking at the height yeah. of diddiness yeah. may these episode. young people who are hungry like go get you know like that's it felt so I'm, I'm quiet because yeah I'm sorry I, mean, I was just gonna say I'm not ready to critique my Diddy um, feelings oh, yeah. <laughs> like you're bringing up some stuff that was like foundational to my teenagehood so I'm oh, like yeah. you're, you're right uh, and I'm not ready <laughs> No, I'm I've already reckoned with the fact that loving a black man who is a public figure comes with complex complications. Mm. You know what I mean? Like because a black man as successful as him doesn't get there without doing I mean, you're something. Right. But then it's like I'm not going to hate at a black man doing some things to, you know, so it's like a complicated uh, thing. Like, I, I wouldn't he would, like, cancel Diddy. I would just be like, Diddy, come on. And MTV yeah. wouldn't put it on, is what I imagine. Right, MTV would yeah. be like, Diddy can't do that. Unless they were going to throw Diddy under the bus. I don't think they would air that. Yeah, like, when it comes to, like, those type of figures, the fr- like, I, you know, obviously I want to do a Me Too check. Like, that's going to happen across the board. Oh, no, then, no, no. You will yeah. never watch TV ever again if you do a Me Too check. Well, I'm just saying, like, like literally every reality TV show made before 2017, you will be like, can't watch this, can't watch this, can't watch this, can't watch this. Mm-hmm. If it's a dating show, he's groping. If it's women in the house, the men are ogling. There are men calling women ugly. Like, do not revisit the challenge for no me to check you will have a heart attack every episode no no you're right no 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 you're right I, and by me to check specifically I think it's just like are there open allegations against this man oh, open, undiscovered? Okay. yeah 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 because it's like cause, no you're right like is there things wrong <laughs> every yeah, show no, like, I don't even mean just things wrong like there are things like oh to me like something about the Diddy clip and I keep mentioning that even though we're not talking about it but I, like it, it offended me in the way that it's like I've been enlightened about labor and mm. power dynamic and what capital is and like capital and you know and so like I think with um with with like a show like oh for example like the game the game had his version of flavor of love right and he definitely groped one of those girls right and he mm-hmm. owes her millions in a yeah. settlement money yeah. right and so like I feel like there's no way that there's not such kinds of groping on every show because if you're plying people with alcohol all yeah. day you have these girls who feel like they can't get camera time unless they're in bikinis offering mm-hmm. themselves sexually to the men there there obviously was groping you know non-consensual right. sex in the sense that people were blackout drunk or whatever probably your standard rape rape you know yeah. like I so like that's what I mean I don't mean like oh we're gonna you're gonna be oversensitive I mean you're gonna be like oh that probably shouldn't happen you know right. and like 
that probably led to something really bad and maybe they left more of the footage on the floor than we probably saw you know yeah it's just I, I just think there's a world where you can have a show like this where the man is that gross um I just, like there's so many men. can you imagine it what does it look like to you I'm trying to think see here's I, I'm scared to name a non-problem the only way it could be safe is if you get a bunch of poly people who yeah. are also queer so that like everyone at least ostensibly shows up with the same sort of power like in, like given the same amount of power it's like we're all queer yeah. we're all we're all open to loving um, relationships with multiple people so that there's no dynamic that's forced where we show up and this person has everything and I don't you know I that's the I, only I, way I think I got it and, and I hope I don't google him later and find that there's problems but okay so the the man is michael Sarah, and okay. it's all black women and that's the show i want to see <laughs> because i feel like he would be awkward enough that he wouldn't say the maybe he would say the wrong things i feel like he would say all the wrong things oh, okay you're right because even like let's remove the race angle for a minute for a second the, just because of the way men are socialized in America the minute you give a nerd that power he starts to perform the way right. those, those those guys do you know what I mean like think about like think about I just read an article that Bill Gates had a second girlfriend his whole marriage yes and he was allowed one weekend getaway with her a year and it's like yeah you gave him a billion dollars and he gets to tell his wife he's gonna keep a second girlfriend you know what i'm saying so that's chrissy and jim energy right there what'd you say that's chrissy and jim energy that's the just don't embarrass me right don't embarrass me and so it's like it's like yes like you're even if you gave Michael like even if you're like Michael Sarah feels like the safest dude. I just feel like there's something in it, not innate in them, but something instilled in them from so young that like the minute they get the thing that makes them manly enough to to lord over women, like something will show up and be like, yeah, I have 20 girls after me. We don't know Michael Sarah with 20 girls after him in one house. You know what I'm saying? Well, I'm gonna have to workshop this. I will find uh, the least. Part problematic man in Hollywood okay. and then okay. we will figure out the casting because okay. I think that that is an amazing challenge right like because like truly I've been trying to think about that because I was like well um, th- they had a queer season of Are You The One and I didn't watch it because again I don't like the dating shows but I was mm-hmm. like oh that might be interesting because more people would have more access to stuff as opposed to like it being mm-hmm. this the dynamic only goes one way right you know? I do love the idea of it being a a very queer poly house where like any hookups can happen like maybe everybody leaves with someone um I do think that like the prop one of the big problems that I think we saw this with you know Trump was you give somebody a platform they're going to come into people's homes and people will automatically connect in some way mm-hmm. so I do think that like I, I think overall producers need to start being or whoever I don't know if it's everything's on producers showrunners show creators need to start thinking about like do we do the do diligence of who we're going to present to America. Oh, yeah. Knowing how America does with the people. The you know I mean? has had that problem too many times recently. And I'm just like, are you guys not vetting these people? Do you know how easy it is to Google somebody? Like, and you know how easy it is to be like, oh, I like this girl. She's great. 
Um, she's probably been on Twitter since she was 12. So let me just <laughs> yes. make sure. And then have an intern yeah. look up. Yeah. The first thing I did when I got verified on Twitter was Twitter search my name and every slur that I could think of. <laughs> and there wasn't a lot. I just say nigga a lot. But, just double check. but, right, but you right, exactly. You know, and so like it just seems so crazy to me that you wouldn't just check the paper trail on the cast the, you know and you know there is one because kids born after 2000 don't know how to shut the fuck up and they're still very racist it's it's mind boggling yeah. how this new generation is supposed to be all lovey dovey and they're still really problematic they're also loud and wrong like this the problem with these younger kids is that they have tiktoks to be able to get on it and say anything and not validate it like I, I thought about this the other day for no reason I don't know if you saw this boy who went viral because when the Miles Morales, like the new Spider-Man came out, he's like Afro-Latin. You know, and you're speaking a whole different language than I speak. Oh, you, okay, just, you, just, you, you went Spider-Man, you went Miles Morales, and that's the, my brain shut off. My brain went, <laughs> okay. okay. It was like Donald Glover thing with Miles Morales. Or like, like, after that, you're done. No, okay, I think this, this is still relatable. So, they, you know, like how they always just do new Spider-Mans and then Spider-Man yeah. is like a different person. So, they have a cartoon one that won awards and the the Spider-Man was Miles Morales. Is that the Into the Dark or whatever yes. one? Heard people talk about it. Right, and Miles himself is Afro-Latin. Like, he has both. Okay. So, this lighter-skinned boy with curly hair got on the TikTok and it went viral because he was saying, like, you know, I'm Afro-Latin and I don't really feel like Miles being dark-skinned represents me and I'm just tired oh. of... Yes, and I'm just... Hey, not- time out, time out, time out, time out. You're going to have to give me a minute. You're going to have to give me a minute. <laughs> it gets worse. <laughs> Wait, you're gonna have to give me a minute. You have to give me a minute. Wait a second. Wait, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. So, a mestizo person, a mestizo person who claims Afro Latino as part of his heritage, right, is saying that the af- there's too much Afro in Afro Latino. Is that what you? Is that what you Like, so he looks like somebody like Candy Muse on Drag Race. He's gonna be like that color with curly hair and say that Miles Morales is too dark. So yeah, that sounds crazy. Then, but then the other side was he said, and I don't see us often, and that confused me personally uh, light skinned people <laughs> and I have eyes because I said that's all on black shows all you see is light skinned people on white shows all you see is light skinned people I was confused I mean so my unless you're a man you'll see a dark skinned man on TV but uh, you won't see a dark skinned woman uh, but you, you'll see a dark skinned man but generally speaking to be attractive in the like oh, oh my god dreamy kind of way that they you got to be Halle Berry they're not going to do that for Viola Davis or something but the boys I mean I, I do think there's still a range that you see with the boys and so the point was that like this little boy looked like quintessential like you know light-skinned Puerto Rican oh boy. the way that there's like a fetishization of mixed looking people I mean like oh I'm sorry it doesn't represent us it's like well you're overrepresented a little bit in these spaces anyway right so he just basically goes on say hey guys I don't know if you're casting but if you want me I'll be oh, my sister, and I'll go to the 
every day. And I and I was just like, and that's why I went viral because people were like, nigga, what what planet are you living on? And and yes. I, the reason I bring them up is because to say like this generation will get on with all seriousness, no back down, and say there's not enough light skinned people who look like me. So cast. Right. And it's like, well, what I noticed, I'm gonna have such a boomer comment, even <laughs> though I'm in <laughs> millennial. Um, I was born in '87, but it's gonna sound like I was born in '67. Um, but like, there is a lot of what I've observed in this like internet age with like a lot of young kids is like, because they have had access to social justice mm-hmm. language, probably their whole lives or more of their lives than people like me, they know how to frame a personal gripe as a societal issue and get people on board with it. And it'll go viral because they hit the buzzwords. So you can say representation. I don't see me in something. And then obviously it's not, I don't see people like me. It, mean I don't see me literally yeah. me in your thing is a put me dog. in your thing but you've got people now behind you on a ground swell because you made it sound like you was talking about them too it's so infuriating it's yeah infuriating. well to, in, in fairness in the internet I think you went viral because people were like what in the actual fuck is he okay, talking good. about yeah it wasn't a like retweet him to get to the casting director okay. it was like these kids oh, no, are but going I just, to mean, <laughs> well, I just mean like um, you know just just like the way you were saying like they didn't they have no back down and I was saying like the no back down comes from like learning the language to get like the crowd on your side like you back down when you realize you're wrong or you're being like shouted down and I feel like if you've learned how to frame things it's much easier to avoid the getting shouted down you know you're I mean you have you're making amazing points today like for for real because I do think that like you said they use a language in a really in a way that I feel is manipulative you know and I yes there's always it'll be like it'll be like um it'll be like oh my god for example on like summer house like i was on reddit the other day and there were there were these people that were like I've been listening to Paige and Hannah do podcasts and it's like Hannah's clearly in the wrong and Paige is like still by her side so does Paige have a, a narcissistic personality disorder or something <laughs> and I was just like how did we leap from a girl being friends with an asshole to like diagnosing her and I was just like oh no we like people are so used to words of like um Words that we had to teach ourselves to be empathetic to one another, you know, like we used to have really ableist language. So now we wanted to inform everybody so that we aren't ableist to people anymore. But that doesn't mean now we're all equipped enough to diagnose somebody as mentally ill to excuse bad behavior and then talk about it on Reddit. It's like, no, you're using words that you have access to because we're trying to be kinder, not for you to weaponize them against somebody for whatever personal reasons. Like, no, Paige doesn't have narcissistic personalities, or maybe she does. I'm not qualified to say that. She's just being yeah. friends with an actor on TV. Calm down. And I feel like that happens entirely too much. Sure, to be like, sure. You know, if, no. like, if we Flavor of Love in 2021, I'm sure we would have think piece upon think piece upon think piece about... What's wrong with everybody? Yeah, exactly. And I don't like that. When it comes to 
comes to like the overall conversations and like using these words, I think I'm really waiting for the when everybody realizes there's a step two. Because I feel like self-care and language is very much like avoid, leave, label, move away. And it's like nobody's learned how to come back from that and like actually still form community or how to like get over yeah. the fact that somebody. Yeah. Like how do you move forward? Because there's a big like I have to take care of myself energy. OK, but what's next? Right. Self-care language often feels like to me, um, it feels like to me telling your friends, enable my toxic behavior or I leave. It's like mm-hmm. it's like self-care and then there is a abusing other people at the expense of mm-hmm. your desire. Like, well, I know that we can overcorrect, but we've also over overcorrected. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm okay with an overcorrection sometimes if the if the wrong was so great, but we've over overcorrected in some ways, I think. Anyway, that's kind of my boomer segment. I am back to being a millennial. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely they the younger the young kids creep me into that that territory for sure. Um, okay, so so back to the reunion. Um, basically, we have so far as the women are infighting. Um, they they hate Red Oyster. They don't. They do this thing that I really hate, which is like when when we can all agree someone's wrong. I don't think we should let go of that. And so like they let Miss Latin get mad at Red Oyster and call her a weirdo. I'm like Miss Latin, you were wrong. Whatever she did, yeah, she called her ugly. Yeah, it was ugly, and that pissed me off because one, it was a lie, and two, it's like, are we like? I forgot that being prettier used to matter. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, and it still does, but like, I forgot that like people used to say like shitty things, like you're ugly, so shut up, you know, and like that, and I was just like. Wow, she like My she daughter. literally just re- reduced this woman to ugly. Therefore, her opinion isn't bad. And I was genuinely astonished by that because I forgot we did that. Right? No, for real. They <laughs> um, feel so Republican. You know it, what I mean? Like if you're not a hot girl, you can't talk. You know? <laughs> it's not cute. Yeah, I'm seeing the ugly note now. Like it's not cute at all. Well, we find out though. LOL, that Red Oyster is actually married. That was hysterical. <laughs> so it was genius. It all didn't matter anyway. <laughs> so that made me go, this is why the audience, this is why Red Oyster wasn't famous. Because she got exposed before we got to let the persona simmer, you know, she got exposed for being fake while sh- pointing out that people are fake. And for some reason, reality TV audiences hate someone who is fake, but also trying to expose other people for being right. fake. It's like, there's like a certain amount of fake that we sign up for, but then it's like, if you double fake us we get really mad yeah, like don't no. us out fake them out but let us know but if we also don't know it's kind of like if you watch Big Brother and, and like sometimes people will get mad when they you can tell a contestant is lying in the diary room because it's like no the diary room is for us for you to tell us like mm-hmm. we're supposed to have a partnership a little bit and you are leaving us out you're supposed to be lying to them like you said you're supposed to be lying to them don't lie to me in the diary room and like finding out that she was married while she was doing all that kind of felt like lying to me in the diary room you know wow they um Heidi and Smiley come out and her <laughs> boots done, I believe. And I'm not like a big like watch for work kind of girl. I just felt like her boobies were. You not Andy Cohen, his weirdo self. <laughs> right, which is, I mean, 
a whole other topic because <laughs> yeah, because that's the thing that for the last like, twenty years he's done, and I it doesn't bother me. I think, but it is kind of similar where like I don't want you saying you haven't gotten work done and then judging other women's appearances. I think that's kind of weird to me. Or don't get don't. I, 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 I see what you're saying to make like for that that is for if we want a more empathetic society but I see why on a reality show if you could afford to get work done and you look better than the other girls around you why that why you would play that as a trump card it's not a good quality in a human but I see why that is like an effective argument on a reunion you know <laughs> why you think it's an effective argument on a reunion yeah, it's like you know fix, fix that face and you know that kind of stuff it's like, oh, it's like it's like it's like saying you don't have a good car. It's like you too broke to buy titties. Like it feels like a, a show of status almost like yeah. these days. I don't know if that's the case with Hottie on the show, but like it feels like a sign of you know. We kind of oh, yeah. take plastic surgery very differently now, too. Yeah. So, like, you know, Nicki Minaj spent how many years lying about that ass? You know what I mean? I don't know. I mean, and I, you bring up so many things where I'm like, tangent, tangent, tangent. But no, like, I, I, I don't have a... I think I, I'm in a weird space with surgery in general right now because, for one, um, BBLs are, like, very dangerous. And I just... Oh, my God. <laughs> I was just talking about this. I was just talking about this. I just found out it's one in 3,000 people can die. And I said, we are having elective procedures that kill one in 3,000 people. How's that legal? How's that legal? How's that legal? I don't understand. But everybody's success story is being put on the internet where it's like, oh, just go get it. Like, girl, like, don't even, like, yeah, you could work on yourself and all, but, like, just go get it. Like, that's kind of the, the attitude. And so it kind of goes, sorry to cut you off, it kind of goes um, in back into what we were just talking about with the younger kids it's like it's an over over correction right because now we're saying your body your choice and we're neglecting the fact that sometimes a choice can be a poor choice because mm-hmm. we're trying to empower you for having them at all and mm-hmm. it's just like no but I can make a bad decision even though you like you can encourage me to feel empowered to make decisions about my body but you should also encourage me to make good decisions mm-hmm. about my body and it's like we need to stop celebrating decision making happening at all and start encouraging decision making in in a positive direction or a healthy yeah. direction. I'm, I'm currently childless and loving it. And for in the long term, I'm like, did, that, did you used to have a child? No, meaning like oh, no okay. babies, no kids, where I'm not a mother, never, never had a child. Yeah, no, I love that. Yeah, like I shipped her off. She's doing it. Loving it. No. <laughs> I gave her away. <laughs> no, no. So I'm like, I'm, I'm, you know, without kid and I, but I feel like, okay, it is something eventually. And I think that because I'm older without a kid, I have the time to like really plan. And the longer I think about what I would want to teach a child, the more I'm like, oh, I'm going to be a weird ass granola parent. Like they won't get a phone until they're older. Yep. You're going to have the hippie. You're going to be a hippie mom. Yeah. Because I can't, because I see, I have kids in my family and I see how TV, internet influences the fuck out of them. Like they really mm-hmm. think that that's the only bodies that matter, or they really think that like a, like you have to wear makeup every single day to have some type of, of a successful. There life. are sixteen year olds with bundles, like thousand yeah. dollar lace front wigs, and it's like I know that we want to encourage girls to like express themselves a lot, but it's like we shouldn't be teaching teenagers that if they don't have a thousand dollar wig on, they're worthless at the same time. So it's like 
like it's like it's like how, how do we have like a a healthy um because i feel like even with reality tv it's like i feel like i can watch this because my parents gave me a good foundation right like i'm fully aware all the time when i'm watching the show that all of this is absurd behavior right <laughs> and i'm choosing to suspend disbelief and sometimes some people are so loathsome you can't suspend disbelief like miss latin for example calling that woman ugly right you're just like whoa this is very out of nowhere it just feels weird like you know it didn't feel playful or in character and it just felt like she was a dickhead in real life too and then but it's like these like i i recently got into youtube videos like i got into youtube commentary videos and it's so wow. weird because i'm like i'm 33 king von died in november mm-hmm. and then i was like who's this king von person and then i found myself watching drill rap commentary videos for six months now, now you're like, an expert, yeah <laughs> so then but like so you'll be watching a youtube video right and like you'll think oh this person knows exactly what they're talking about and then it's like because i don't know the genre i can't correct the information or hear you know if if something isn't correct right i'll hear something about something i know and i go well that's not correct and so then it's like it's in the middle of a um of a thing that sounds correct so Mm -hmm. i would just take Mm -hmm. everything and i'm just like wondering how much misinformation gets stuck in people's brains because it was like hidden in the middle of something that sounded pretty normal (laughs) so like i also think that i also think that when they made this show flave had no idea how real like play but i think that if play was to hear this he'd be like how do you get there from me in the throne yes. but it's like yeah <laughs> it's he like everything is connected do you, do you know what play do you know the last thing the most recent thing i saw of play was mm-hmm. you know we tv has love and hip-hop uh, not love and hip-hop excuse me growing up hip-hop and there was a growing up hip-hop la and then they have one in atlanta and now they have mm-hmm. one in new york the new york one only got maybe two seasons maybe i don't know they had to take a hiatus but ja rule and like irv Gotti are on the new york one the new york one is more about the parents than the kids actually it's very interesting and so then i'm watching all of these so i'll dip in and out because i as a child knew that i was destined to marry little romeo so the fact that whenever you (laughs) (laughs) i know but it's like but i didn't know that at 12 like right right you know what i mean like i was surprised by how much he sucked honestly on growing up so he just reminds me it's he feels, like an ex to me. he feels like an ex to me. He feels like an ex to me. So I have to check oh, in every once in a while. And then I keep going. <laughs> That's hilarious. He feels like an ex to Bow Wow kind of feels like that to me a little bit. Yeah. But so like on the New York one, they cast Flav's daughter, his daughter and two and two siblings. His daughter is no, I'm so behind. Oh, his <laughs> daughter. Yeah. So they cast his daughter and she has a br- a younger brother who is a rapper and he's trying to make it. So that's that story. And she's the manager. And I think they have an older brother who looks exactly like Flav, who like, um, who does like something else. I can't explain it. And so actually the root, the, uh, the show is about the breakdown in their relationship because like apparently these kids grew up poor because Flav like, I guess made some money, not a lot. Right. I can't imagine in the early nineties he had, 
had like a major deal. So he like made some money, probably blew through it, left them on Long Island with mm-hmm. their moms. It was like out in Vegas or like whatever doing their thing. And so it's like the kids are trying to recreate like or fix their broken relationship with their dad. The son is trying to be a rapper, but like they are resentful of the dad because the dad doesn't want to help them. But I think it's because their dad might not be able to. And then and then they also think their dad's an alcoholic. So it's like them trying to convince Flav that he's an alcoholic and trying to stop drinking. Like it's dark over there. I'm not I'm not able to like because you know what I'm saying? Like that makes it real. And I and I in my mind at the end of this episode, they all go happily ever after. Like, oh that's heartbreaking. The way edited the music choice, it's like whimsical, it's silly, it's light, Mm -hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And it's fantastical. Even the lens, uh, like the soft lens and everything, it just looks like it's in a different world almost, mm-hmm. like in a dream scene. And then like the way that growing up hip hop is shot and the and the way that his kids look so regular. Like they don't look expensive. They don't look like they spend a bunch on weaves and things like that. Mm-hmm. It was like a smack in the face. Because even Flav looks regular too. Mm-hmm. It was just like, it was like, whoa, all right, wow. Oh, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I mean, I'm I like I told you, like I have to kind of go into a space where none of this shit is real life because it is so upsetting to me. Like, like you talked about the behavior, like the fact that we know it's not okay. So, um, I hope that gets better because you. But then again, like Flav didn't become a millionaire off the show either. You know, like you have to know that shit ran out eventually. So, and and I can't imagine he gets good residuals if he gets any at all. And then right. it's like also too, we didn't have the uh same ability to convert reality TV success into sustained money right. in the it, yeah. way that we do now. You know, if it's like, if I have a bad season on a TV show, I might still have enough followers to sell Instagram ads. You know, what's Flav going to do after he has bad season three? He just has to go into obscurity or then yeah. be on another reality Date TV another show. person, yeah. Years later, you know, it's just, it, it's, it's, it also is interesting how he never Got the show that like a Rev Run get, you know what I mean? Like, all right, but then I mean, Rev Run also, I like Run DMC had money in a way that Public Enemy didn't, right? About that, and like, and and Reverend, you know, Reverend Run like was a Reverend, and so like there was like a uh, what is it, a nuclear kind of family structure that was like easy to put on TV and make a lighthearted TV show. Like, there's nothing about Flavor Flav's life that could have been a, a, a reality show that feels like a family sitcom. You just unlocked a memory from um, the Reverend uh, show days. So one, I, I will never forget a Christmas episode when he went to his ex-wife's house. And I don't know what part of New York it was in, but she was in this small ass house that looked like my grandma's house mm-hmm. where it was like there was a couch sm- like smushed next to a, tr- a tree like a Christmas tree. And it was just like so small. And I was like, no, you are not about to go back to this palatial man and your mm-hmm. ex-wife is in this this like regular ass mm-hmm. house so it's like and that's these- Angela and and Jojo and Vanessa's mom like I like I don't know how these how these divorces go they might be acrimonious and whatever but I just like can't but I'm also a woman who's female right. forward so like I just can't fathom my kids having like bedrooms the size of whole apartments where their mom lives like 
Like we're not going to have like such a disconnect and I'm not going to let my kids. Of course they want to live with dad now. Yeah. And it's like, and I don't want my kids also feeling like, especially if I have a daughter, he has a bunch of daughters. He has two daughters. And it's like, I don't want them to feel like they're as expendable as their mom was to Mm me, you know, that I would be like, oh, you can come to this house, but leave your mama there. Well, then somebody's going to do it to your daughter. You know, I don't know. And this is a stray, but talk about most annoying stepmoms in the history of stepmoms. (laughs) She's so annoying. Like, oh my God, she's triggering. (laughs) I I remember, I will, I will not lie. I will, I do remember wondering if she were stupid. God forgive me. But I do remember. I'm like, what the high voice? And and it's like. Yeah, but she would also play dumb a little bit, wouldn't she? Yeah, I remember. But I think I have a thing against stepmoms in general because my relationship with mine isn't okay. uh, worthy of TV. Yeah. So, okay. Um, okay. So let's wrap this reunion up. Um, cause I think that again, our conversations are much more interesting than this at this point, but okay. So, um, Goldie comes out. Goldie, we all know that Goldie is it. Goldie's the one. Goldie's that girl. Um, she continued to do stand up after this. And I think that okay. helped her. She, yeah. She poured a little bit. And then she then went and got her master's, I think, in social work. So she's like a practicing therapist. Um, but I think she's getting back into comedy now. Oh, didn't she have like a fall? Like, if I remember this correctly, didn't she have like a falling out with Monique? I don't, I, you know what? I'm My charm school history is, I haven't revisited it in the last 10 years. So no, I me don't neither. This is me been. like fuzzily like trying no, to uncover a fucking yeah. memory. She, I just, I, I do want to take a moment of transparency here. So in other episodes, I have mentioned that I'm trying to get someone from the cast in the show. I did, in fact, get Goldie to have a conversation with me, and then I fucked up the recording. So I do want to thank her for her time. <laughs> I want to say, like, thank you, Goldie. She, yeah, she was a mensch, and she is starting her YouTube. I want to plug her real quick called Goldie with the Good Tea. And she's also at Instagram, Goldie with the IE underscore 98. So I would definitely say, like, chat, like, follow her because I think she came out. She had the best edit of all time on reality TV. Because she, she was like your friend or your cousin who, like, got on TV and was legitimately kind the whole time and didn't have to shake her ass either. Like, I I loved how she would, like, she would, like, manage Flav. Like, if Flav would try to get close, she would start dancing so that he couldn't really kiss her. <laughs> like, yes. she, she did it very well. So, I, um... The that... The only dislike I had for her appearance on the show was how, like, we decided that because she was sexy, she, uh, because she was funny, she wasn't sexy. You know what I mean? It was just like, it was like, okay, well, she's funny and she doesn't present sex forward as some of these women do, but I like her. She's good TV. Let's keep her around. It felt like when, you know how like in a rom-com, there's always like a thick black woman who is the person that the white girl bounces her ideas off of. Yeah. It was just like that a little bit for me. The thing I will say though about Goldie is I do think that Flav would have absolutely like talked up her sex appeal, but she was clearly so platonic with him that it was like, I, I think that it's almost like she she would have been more sexualized, but it was really her. She opted out. It was mm-hmm. her choice. Yeah, yeah okay. she's thick as fuck. Like, she's gorgeous. Yeah, but, I remember. Yeah, she's I also remember, like a real And I remember woman. feeling like, I don't know if it was me projecting 
projecting it onto her too. I could have been doing that, but I just remember feeling like, oh, they they made her very unsexy on this show. Mm-hmm. No, that's fair. no, that's a real. I think those critiques are rounded out. So then we get to the whole thing we're here for, which is New York and well, New York and Pumpkin coming out before Hoops. I'm actually gonna say, I just want to say like at the end, Hoops comes out. They admit they're not really together no more, and Flav- it was boring. Yeah. I was uninterested. Yeah, because it's like we knew you. You, I. My thing I've said about Hoops on this show is she started to want to win for the sheer sake of competition. She oh, yeah. never wanted to win, and and that made me angry. So anyway, um. Oh Hoops, really? Why did that make you angry? Isn't that what everybody went, else was doing? Well, because New York wanted to win to win, and I feel like Hoops wanted to win, so New York didn't win. Oh, you know I, I mean? see. I see. I see. It, okay. it was like it was more about okay. the women than it was about Flav. Whereas New York, like even if you don't believe he's really about Flav, she won't pretend like she won't admit I this. I feel like New York would have been about Flav though if being about Flav re- was required. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, like, like if she did win, I think New York would have been his girlfriend for a couple of years. You know what I mean? I think New York is just that type of method actress though, where like yeah. she would have fallen in love with him because that yeah, was her assignment. Yeah. That was the job. That was the assignment exactly. Yeah, but no, yeah. but she had a vision. I, I mean, like she her. had feelings for him on the show. Like mm-hmm. I think she willed them out of herself. You know, at some point, like she was genuinely devastated when he didn't pick her. And I don't think it was just about losing and being humiliated on TV. I think she was embarrassed that a man low key sent her home for fucking him. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, when she was in the car, that she like, liked, you know, we, we got footage of her in the car as it hit her. And it was so <laughs> mean. But she was like, wait a minute. Did that really just send me home? <laughs> like I was so there. She was like this in, in real life. In re- yeah, like I think she by that point was like, oh, this is my man. Like, okay, this is what we're doing. Right. Part of my like, this is my man. And when he wasn't her man, she was genuinely astonished. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but he was never Hoops' man. That's right. true. It never felt like he was Hoops' man. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, yeah. So uh, they they give us some amazing amazing <laughs> clips of New York when she calls him a pack of idiot bitches, which was the other. <laughs> idea of this. I really almost titled that show this. That was the other option. (laughs) First of all, like, this woman is a genius because it isn't just that she's like strategic and she's so quick-witted and funny and like, by the time we met someone else like her, like Mimi, it was a full five years later or maybe four years later, right? No one like New York I had ever seen before. Nothing. One of one. Like, there are only two people that I see black people gif as much as Nene, and it's Tiffany. It's It's like Beyonce. It's like so the reality TV or stars that ever, everybody uses is New York and Mimi. New York and Mimi. Her sitting yeah. in those shades came from this season. Like yes! She is sitting like this. <laughs> I love her. I love her because it's like at some point she just knew she was ours, like, and she just knew she belonged to us, and she needed to keep being her. And like, what is also so genius? I don't know if you're gonna go into season two, but what's also so genius is it's so easy. It's so easy for a person like New York to overstay their welcome, to get it wrong on the second season. To like, she was so excellent on season two and knew no 
don't come back for season three. Get your own show. And then they gave her two seasons of her own show. And then oh. a bunch of spinoffs after that. Yeah. Come on. New York killed She's it. She's she killed it. You and know, leveled up every time. You have Nene and Candy. I'm always talking about Atlanta. I think about it all the time. But like Nene and Candy fun. are beefing off camera about spinoffs. That's what they beefing about. About Candy's ability to get a spinoff and Nene's inability to do so. And I was sitting here thinking about how easily New York finessed one season of Flavor of Love into right. her own show. An empire. And, like, an empire. And then now she's having a resurgence because the young kids love watching old reality TV. Mm-hmm. And then they're all standing her now. And then she's joining up with T.S. Madison a lot lately. So it's just mm-hmm. like she's finally getting her flowers. I'm glad she, she gets, gets to it. see it. And she's, she's been here long enough for reality to start to be respected as a form. Mm-hmm. So she's able to st- the fact that she's still present and doesn't have to like revive herself during this yeah. time it's like yeah like I mean there's no one like her. She comes out to the reunion in a black corset and a diamond choker. No. I was like isn't that crazy? Who gets it more than her? She's, she knew and that's another thing like seeing old school reunions versus reunions now I mean even like the first season of a show where now it's glammed up. We show backstage mm-hmm, at the reunion. Mm-hmm. I'm saying like oh mm-hmm. there's a there's a theme that all the women have to dress for. There wasn't a theme. These women Lala's in jeans. And yeah. then but New York <laughs> but New York knew to come as gorgeous as she had to be. Mm-hmm. You know, she knew that your revenge you come to the reunion with your revenge body and your revenge weave and your revenge, you know, she she knew that, you know. Yeah, she, I mean, and I also feel like like the this unsung hero of this whole season is the state of New York. Because <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's t- it takes a lifetime of training to know to be that bitch. Like you know what I mean? Like every place doesn't teach you that. So I feel like she knew without no. We know because of her, but like she knew without knowing. And so I definitely attribute that to like um, mm-hmm. just thinking about how like New Yorkers cared about fashion even when they can't yeah. afford it. You know what I mean? Like it's it's an amazing thing. So New York is a, York is a stunt city. It's like very weird because it's like New York is a flex, but also like. It's a chill flex. It's just like you're in a constant state of flex, so it feels like you're not flexing. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. New York is always fresh, so it doesn't feel like effort to be fresh because you was raised and trained to be fresh. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's not that different from Detroit, where I'm from. Like it's a but but Detroit is like a well, actually it's very similar because I was gonna say like you know you might not in the night with those clothes on because you might get jacked for them. Like I feel like that was in New York too. Oh um, yeah. You will have the nicest, clo- <laughs> the nicest clothes, the nicest car, and you drive back to a you know one room home. Like I just feel like it all. <laughs> we have a lot of parallels when I think yeah. about it. Um, but yeah, so I think that she's just amazing in New York because there's too many people for anybody to have enough land to just have one room in a home. So there's like one bedroom with six people in it, but you drive in a nice, nice car. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta prioritize. That's why Atlanta is so hard to keep up with because they have the houses, the cars, and the clothes, and apparently the jobs. And I'm just like, like at least in these other cities, we've all acknowledged that like you're not, we don't expect like have the thing at the party and then go home and mind your business. But 
but like in Atlanta, it's like your whole life has to be this like Ponzi scheme. Yeah. It's yeah. that and Blue Hill. That's why I think mm. we're gonna start seeing not even just Real Housewives. Well, actually, fortunately, shows like on VH1 and WeTV do show more pedestrian, quote unquote, people. But like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, like we're gonna have a lot more fraud cases because it's so expensive <laughs> to be a housewife. <laughs> yeah, you said that so casually, but like, yeah, like literal fraud like lying when you don't have to like is yeah no i mean erica girardi literally Mm -hmm. her husband stole the winnings of orphans and widows from malaysian plane crashes and then also is now pretending to have alzheimer's so he's not responsible for it i think he's not pretending i think he's not pretending but he 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 submitted court documents that said he had alzheimer's so he couldn't like be held responsible wait remember how junior soprano did that and then actually caught alzheimer's wait time out in real life no Oh, like in, oh, it's obviously oh, on the show. I've never show. seen this apparently. Oh, I think wow, in that, life, like, are you telling the truth? Not like, yeah, yeah, no, 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 I, no, I know, I know. But like, yeah, he was like, he used that as like a thing, and then it actually for real happened. And, <laughs> and then it was like he was stuck after that because like he was faking at first, and it was like, and so they were skeptical. But anyway, it's just it's funny because that is like Sopranos is one of my um. If I could have a, if I could have more things that made me feel how Sopranos feel, I would like. That's so interesting. No I tried like, so. Yeah. Hard. It was so boring. I couldn't get into it. I stopped at Meadow when he had to like drive Meadow to college. I was just like, I can't do this. This is too slow for me. It's okay. You know what? I feel like some things are and some things aren't. Like I don't want to force it because like just the thing I love about Sopranos is how first of all, wait. Now I that love- you say you don't want to force it, I want to watch it because usually people try to force stuff, oh, yeah. and I force I force stuff on people all the time. So well, now that you're like, oh, I respect your boundaries. I was like, whoa. <laughs> what does the Sopranos teach you? How are you a person who respects boundaries? Let me no, go from the show. That's a hundred and twenty one hour yeah. show, like episode, so I can't force it. If yeah, you can the wire again, I'd kill myself. Truly, <laughs> I'd be like, oh my god, what am I doing? I love that's that show, show, but that is where ridiculous. I'm like, listen, that's a show. Where I'm like, if you use my Hulu, do not watch the wire because if I forget where I'm at again, I will never be able to. <laughs> like, I'm, I know I'm gonna halfway point in season four and if I lose it I'm not starting over so I told what no I get it that's no it's truly like the um the wire is the one show that I I think I could have the patience for again because 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 um my brother was watching it in real time you know everybody got into the wire after it was done you know or when it was in the fifth season because it had that really long break but my brother was watching it in real time so I was like but my brother has bad taste in tv shows because like, for example, my brother was like, yo, Rafa, Rafa's my first name. Mm-hmm. Yo, Rafa, you not watching Power? And I was like, oh, okay. He's like, Rafa, it's like The Wire, but in, in, in New York. Not this review. By the wire, he means there's a mention of drugs. That's drugs. Exactly, right? So when Junior told me that Power was like The Wire, so I went to watch Power and it was not like the wire at all. And I was like, okay, this made me reappreciate 
like um what i watched with the wire because i think what was so special to me about the wire is i don't trust white people to write black people as empathetically and generously as they did and um and even black writers sometimes don't write us as empathetically or generously as they did when we're drug dealers yeah you know and so like i was like oh here are people being kind to drug dealers but showing them how ruthless they can be or whatever and like not making the takeover of the drug game a thing that seems desirable because like I never rooted for Avon Barksdale I never rooted for Marlo you know what I mean I like only kind of rooted for Stringer because his whole thing was to be mainstream yeah, it's, Idris. it's hard to not root for. I'm not attracted to Idris Elba I'm only attracted to Stringer I can't explain it the same way I'm not attracted to Don Dre I'm only attracted to John Ham. <laughs> John Ham is so corny. <laughs> I don't know what it is. John Ham want to be a bro so bad. It's like John, stand there no, and smoke your cigarettes. Thank you so much for listening to Baby Babes, a podcast by Chanel Creating. I had such a blast recording this episode with Ray Sani that we actually have like hours more content to break down for you so we decided to break this up into two parts so hope that you enjoyed part one of the finale of baby babe and looking forward to part two dropping same time next week monday at 12 p.m eastern um you know we had a really good time talking about all the different topics so um we didn't want to squeeze it down for any reason so enjoy this two-parter cannot believe the end of the season is coming up so soon soon but i hope you've enjoyed this season one recap of vh1's flavor of love um yeah that's it thanks for listening always feel free to tweet instagram anything else at chanel creating and you know how we do this baby babe baby babe baby babe baby babe Hey friends, I know you're here on the feed for some Chanel creating content. Wanted to check in from my alter ego, Coach Chanel, and let you know what I do during the day. I am a trained life coach with a focus on energy, integration, living your full life, thinking about mind, body, and spirit. I am also committed to this journey towards your best self with each of my clients. And I'm just really, truly big on giving my clients the support and love and tough firmness that they need to get to the place they want to be. So I wanted to invite you guys to learn more by checking out the website, www.chanelcreating.com, but also, uh, you know, going specifically to the M4H Power Coaching Coach Chanel project site to see more about the philosophy to see more about what I offer for anyone who's interested I do offer like a free consultation session to learn more so you just again look on the website chanelcreating.com or you can go right over to picktime.com slash coach chanel and set up a free hour session in that session we figure out if we can actually work together by talking through what you're interested in what you know about coaching what your healing experiences have been um, and I can share more about my philosophy I share my 
universal beliefs with my clients and we kind of go from there and figure it out. So I really hope that you guys will consider me um, for life coaching experiences you need and and having like an intuitive sense of what is best for you and how we can make that happen and achieve that. So really grateful and excited for you guys to give me the chance. Thank you so much.